This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Greatest Love Stories. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. Today, chapters 35 through 37 of Anna Sewell's Black Beauty. And now, chapter 35, Jerry Barker. I never knew a better man than my new master. He was kind and good, and as strong for the right as John Manley and so good-tempered and merry that very few people could pick a quarrel with him. He was very fond of making little songs and singing them to himself. One he was very fond of was this. Come, father and mother, and sister and brother, come all of you, turn to, and help one another. And so they did. Harry was as clever at stable work as a much older boy, and always wanted to do what he could. Then Polly and Dolly used to come in the morning to help with the cab, to brush and beat the cushions, and rub the glass, while Jerry was giving us a cleaning in the yard, and Harry was rubbing the harness. There used to be a great deal of laughing and fun between them, and it put Captain and me in much better spirits than if we had heard scolding and hard words. They were always early in the morning, for Jerry would say, If you in the morning throw minutes away, you can't pick them up, "'in the course of a day. "'You may hurry and scurry "'and flurry and worry. "'You've lost them forever, "'forever, forever and day. "'He could not bear any careless loitering "'and waste of time, "'and nothing was so near making him angry "'as to find people who were always late "'wanting a cab horse to be driven hard "'to make up for their idleness. "'One day two wild-looking young men "'came out of a tavern close by the stand "'and called Jerry.' "'Here, cabby, look sharp. "'We're rather late. "'Put on the steam, will you? "'And take us to the Victoria in time for the one o'clock train. "'You shall have a shilling extra. "'I will take you at a regular pace, gentlemen. "'Shillings don't pay for putting on the steam like that.' "'Larry's cab was standing next to ours. "'He flung open the door and said, "'I'm your man, gentlemen. "'Take my cab. "'My horse will get you there all right.' "'And as he shut them in, with a wink toward Jerry, said, "'It's against his conscience to go beyond a jog-trot.' "'Then, slashing his jaded horse, he set off as hard as he could. "'Jerry patted me on the neck. "'No, Jack, a shilling would not pay for that sort of thing, would it, old boy?' 
although Jerry was determinedly set against hard driving, to please careless people, he always went a good fair pace, and was not against putting on the steam, as he said, if only he knew why. I well remember one morning, as we were on the stand waiting for a fare, that a young man, carrying a heavy portmanteau, trod on a piece of orange peel which lay on the pavement, and fell down with great force. Jerry was the first to run and lift him up. He seemed much stunned. As they led him into a shop, he walked as if he were in great pain. Jerry, of course, came back to the stand. But in about ten minutes, one of the shopmen called him. So we drew up to the pavement. "'Can you take me to the Southeastern Railway?' said the young man. "'This unlucky fall has made me late, I fear. But it is of great importance that I should not lose the twelve o'clock train. I should be most thankful if you could get me there in time, and will gladly pay you an extra fare.' "'I'll do my very best,' said Jerry heartily, "'if you think you are well enough, sir, "'for he looked dreadfully white and ill. "'I must go,' he said earnestly, "'please to open the door, and let us lose no time.' "'The next minute Jerry was on the box "'with a cheery chirrup to me "'and a twitch of the rain that I well understood. "'Now then, Jack, my boy,' said he, "'spin along. "'We'll show them how we can get over the ground.' "'if we only know why. "'It is always difficult to drive fast in the city "'in the middle of the day "'when the streets are full of traffic. "'But we did what could be done. "'And when a good driver and a good horse "'who understand each other "'are of one mind, "'it is wonderful what they can do. "'I had a very good mouth. "'That is, I could be guided "'by the slightest touch of the rain. "'And that is a great thing in London, "'among carriages, omnibuses, "'carts, vans, "'trucks, cabs, and great wagons "'creeping along at a walking pace, "'some going one way, some another, "'some going slowly, "'others wanting to pass them, "'omnibuses stopping short every few minutes "'to take up a passenger, "'obliging the horse that is coming behind "'to pull up to, or to pass, "'and get before them. "'Perhaps you try to pass, "'but just then something else comes dashing in "'through the narrow opening.' "'and you have to keep in behind the omnibus again. "'And presently you think you see a chance "'and manage to get to the front, "'going so near the wheels on each side "'that half an inch nearer and they would scrape. "'Well, you get along for a bit, "'but soon find yourself in a long train of carts and carriages "'all obliged to go at a walk. "'Perhaps you come to a regular block-up "'and have to stand still for minutes together "'till something clears out into a side street "'or the policeman interferes.' "'You have to be ready for any chance "'to dash forward if there be an opening, "'and be quick as a rat-dog "'to see if there be room and if there be time, "'lest you get your own wheels locked or smashed, "'or the shaft of some other vehicle "'run into your chest or shoulder. "'All this is what you have to be ready for. "'If you want to get through London fast "'in the middle of the day, "'it needs a deal of practice. "'Jerry and I were used to it, "'and no one could beat us at getting through "'when we were set upon it. I was quick and bold, and could always trust my driver. Jerry was quick and patient at the same time, and could trust his horse, which was a great thing, too. He very seldom used the whip. I knew by his voice and his click-click when he wanted to get on fast, and by the rain where I was to go, so there was no need for whipping. But I must go back to my story. The streets were very full that day. "'but we got on pretty well as far as the bottom of Cheapside, "'where there was a block for three or four minutes. 
"'the young man put his head out and said anxiously, "'I think I'd better get out and walk. "'I shall never get there if this goes on.' "'I'll do all that can be done, sir,' said Jerry. "'I think we'll should be in time. "'This block-up cannot last much longer, "'and your luggage is very heavy for you to carry, sir.' "'Just then the cart in front of us began to move on, "'and then we had a good turn. "'In and out we went, as fast as horse-flesh could do it, "'and for a wonder had a good clear time on London Bridge, "'for there was a whole train of cabs and carriages "'all going our way at a quick trot, "'perhaps wanting to catch that very train.' At any rate, we whirled into the station with many more, just as the great clock pointed to eight minutes to twelve o'clock. "'Thank God! We're in time,' said the young man. "'And thank you, too, my friend, and your good horse. You have saved me more than money could ever pay for. Take this extra half-crown.' "'No, sir, no. Thank you all the same. So glad we hit the time, sir. But don't stay now, sir. The bell is ringing. Here, porter, take this gentleman's luggage.' Dover line, twelve o'clock train. That's it. And without waiting for another word, Jerry wheeled me around to make room for other cabs that were dashing up at the last minute and drew up on one side till the crush was passed. So glad, he said. So glad. Poor young fellow. I wonder what it was that made him so anxious. Jerry often talked to himself quite loud enough for me to hear when we were not moving. On Jerry's return to the rank, "'There was a good deal of laughing and chafing at him "'for driving hard to the train for an extra fare, as they said, "'all against his principles, "'and they wanted to know how much he had pocketed. "'A good deal more than I generally get,' said he, nodding slyly. "'What he gave me will keep me in little comforts for several days.' "'Come on,' said one. "'He's a humbug,' said another, "'preaching to us and then doing the same himself.' "'Look here, mates,' said Jerry. "'The gentleman offered me half a crown extra, but I didn't take it. "'Twas quite pay enough for me to see how glad he was to catch that train. "'And if Jack and I choose to have a quick run now and then to please ourselves, "'that's our business, and not yours.' "'Well,' said Larry, "'you'll never be a rich man.' "'Most likely not,' said Jerry. "'But I don't know that I shall be the less happy for that.' I've heard the commandments read a great many times, and I never noticed that any of them said, Thou shalt be rich. And there are a good many curious things said in the New Testament about rich men that I think would make you feel rather queer if I was one of them. If you ever do get rich, said Governor Gray, looking over his shoulder across the top of his cab, you'll deserve it, Jerry, and you won't find a curse come with your wealth. As for you, Larry, you'll die poor. "'You spent too much in whipcord.' "'Well,' said Larry, "'what's a fellow to do if his horse won't go without it?' "'You never take the trouble to see if he'll go without it. "'Your whip is always going as if you had the St. Vitus's dance in your arm. "'And if it does not wear you out, where's your horse out? "'You know you're always changing your horses. "'And why? "'Because you never give them any peace or encouragement.' "'Well, I have not had good luck,' said Larry. "'And that's where it is.' "'And you never will,' said the governor. "'Good luck is rather particular who she rides with, "'and mostly prefers those who have got common sense and a good heart. "'At least, that's my experience.' "'Governor Gray turned round again to his newspaper, "'and the other men went to their cabs. 
We'll return with Chapter 36, right after these sponsor messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Chapter 36, The Sunday Cab. One morning, as Jerry had just put me into the shafts and was fastening the traces, a gentleman walked into the yard. "'Your servant, sir,' said Jerry. "'Good morning, Mr. Barker,' said the gentleman. "'I should be glad to make some arrangements with you for taking Mrs. Briggs regularly to church on Sunday mornings. "'We go to the new church now.' "'and that is rather further than she can walk.' "'Thank you, sir,' said Jerry. "'But I've only taken out a six-day's license, "'and therefore I could not take a fare on a Sunday. "'It wouldn't be legal.' "'Oh,' said the other, "'I did not know yours was a six-day's cab, "'but of course it would be very easy to alter your license. "'I would see that you did not lose by it. "'The fact is, Mrs. Briggs very much prefers you to drive her.' "'I should be very glad to oblige the lady, sir. "'But I had a seven-days license once, "'and the work was too hard for me, "'and too hard for my horses. "'Year in and year out, not a day's rest, "'and never a Sunday with my wife and children, "'and never able to go to a place of worship, "'which I had always been used to do "'before I took to the driving box. "'So for the last five years "'I've only taken a six-days license, "'and I find it better all the way around.' "'Well, of course,' replied Mr. Briggs. "'It is very proper that every person should have rest "'and be able to go to church on Sundays. "'But I should have thought you would not have minded "'such a short distance for the horse, and only once a day. "'You would have all the afternoon and evening for yourself, "'and we are very good customers, you know.' "'Yes, sir, that is true, "'and I am grateful for all favors. "'I am sure, and anything I could do to oblige you or the lady,' I should be proud and happy to do. But I can't give up my Sunday, sir. Indeed, I can't. I read that God made man, and he made horses and all the other beasts, and as soon as he had made them, he made a day of rest, and bade that all should rest one day in seven. And I think, sir, he must have known what was good for them, and I am sure it is good for me. I am stronger and healthier altogether, now that I have a day of rest. The horses are fresh, too, and do not wear up nearly so fast. The six-day drivers all tell me the same, and I have laid by more money in the savings bank than I ever did before. And as for the wife and children, sir, why, heart alive, they would not go back to the seven days for all they could see. Oh, very well, said the gentleman. Don't trouble yourself, Mr. Barker, any further. 
I will inquire somewhere else. And he walked away. Well, says Jerry to me, we can't help it, Jack, old boy. We must have our Sundays. Polly, he shouted. Polly, come here. She was there in a minute. What's it all about, Jerry? Why, my dear, Mr. Briggs wants me to take Mrs. Briggs to church every Sunday morning. I say I only have a six days license. He says, get a seven days license, and I'll make it worth your while. And you know, Polly, they are very good customers to us. Mrs. Briggs often goes out shopping for hours, or making calls, and then she pays down fair and honorable like a lady. There's no beating down or making three hours into two hours and a half, as some folks do. And it is easy work for the horses. Not like tearing along to catch trains for people that are always a quarter of an hour too late. And if I don't oblige her in this matter, it is very likely we shall lose them altogether. What do you say, little woman? I say, Jerry, says she, speaking very slowly. I say... "'If Mrs. Briggs would give you a sovereign every Sunday morning, "'I would not have you a seven-days cabman again. "'We have known what it was to have no Sundays. And "'Now we know what it is to call them our own. "'Thank God you earn enough to keep us, "'though it is sometimes close work to pay for all the oats and hay, "'the license, and the rent besides. "'But Harry will soon be earning something, "'and I would rather struggle on harder than we do "'then go back to those horrid times "'when you hardly had a minute to look at your own children, "'and we never could go to a place of worship together "'or have a happy, quiet day. "'God forbid that we should ever turn back to those times. "'That's what I say, Jerry.' "'And that is just what I told Mr. Briggs, my dear,' said Jerry, "'and what I mean to stick to. "'So don't go and fret yourself, Polly,' "'for she had begun to cry.' I would not go back to the old times if I earned twice as much. So that is settled, little woman. Now cheer up, and I'll be off to the stand. Three weeks had passed after this conversation, and no order had come from Mrs. Briggs, so there was nothing but taking jobs from the stand. Jerry took it to heart a good deal, for of course the work was harder for horse and man, but Polly would always cheer him up and say, "'Never mind, father, never mind. "'Do your best and leave the rest. "'Twill all come right, some day or night.' "'It soon became known that Jerry had lost his best customer, "'and for what reason. "'Most of the men said he was a fool, "'but two or three took his part. "'If working men don't stick to their Sunday,' said Truman, "'they'll soon have none left. "'It is every man's right and every beast's right.' "'By God's law we have a day of rest, "'and by the law of England we have a day of rest, "'and I say we ought to hold to the rights these laws give us "'and keep them for our children.' "'All very well for you religious chaps to talk so,' said Larry, "'but I'll turn a shilling where I can. "'I don't believe in religion, "'for I don't see that your religious people are any better than the rest.' "'If they are not better,' put in Jerry, "'it is because they are not religious.' "'You might as well say that our country's laws are not good, "'because some people break them. "'If a man gives way to his temper "'and speaks evil of his neighbor "'and does not pay his debts, "'he is not religious. "'I don't care how much he goes to church. "'If some men are shams and humbugs, "'that does not make religion untrue. 
"'Real religion is the best and truest thing in the world, "'and the only thing that can make a man really happy "'or make the world we live in any better.' "'If religion was good for anything,' said Jones, "'it would prevent your religious people "'from making us work on Sundays, "'as you know many of them do. "'And that's why I say religion is nothing but a sham. "'Why, if it was not for the church and chapel-goers, "'it would be hardly worthwhile our coming out on a Sunday.' "'but they had their privileges, as they call them, "'and I go without. "'I shall expect them to answer for my soul "'if I can't get a chance of saving it.' "'Several of the men applauded this, "'till Jerry said, "'That may sound well enough, but it won't do. "'Every man must look after his own soul. "'You can't lay it down at another man's door "'like a foundling and expect him to take care of it. "'And don't you see?' "'If you are always sitting on your box waiting for a fare, they will say, "'If we don't take him, someone else will, and he does not look for any Sunday. "'Of course, they don't go to the bottom of it, "'or they would see if they never came for a cab, it would be no use your standing there. "'But people don't always like to go to the bottom of things. "'It may not be convenient to do it, "'but if you Sunday drivers would all strike for a day of rest, the thing would be done.' "'And what would all the good people do "'if they could not get to their favorite preachers?' said Larry. "'Tis not for me to lay down plans for other people,' said Jerry. "'But if they can't walk so far, they can go to what is nearer. "'And if it should rain, they can put on their Macintoshes "'as they do on a weekday. "'If a thing is right, it can be done. "'And if it's wrong, it can be done without. "'And a good man will find a way. "'And that is as true for us cabmen,' "'as it is for the churchgoers.'" Chapter 37 The Golden Rule Two or three weeks after this, as we came into the yard rather late in the evening, Polly came running across the road with the lantern. She always brought it to him if it was not very wet. "'It has all come right, Jerry. Mrs. Briggs sent her servant this afternoon to ask you to take her out tomorrow at eleven o'clock. I said... "'Yes, I thought so, but we supposed she employed someone else now.' "'Well,' said he, "'the real fact is, Master was put out because Mr. Barker refused to come on Sundays, "'and he has been trying other cabs. "'But there's something wrong with them all. "'Some drive too fast, and some too slow, "'and the mistress says there is not one of them so nice and clean as yours, "'and nothing will suit her but Mr. Barker's cab again.' "'Polly was almost out of breath, "'and Jerry broke out into a merry laugh. "'Twill all come right some day or night. "'You were right, my dear. "'You generally are. "'Run in and get the supper, "'and I'll have Jack's harness off "'and make him snug and happy in no time.' "'After this, Mrs. Briggs wanted Jerry's cab "'quite as often as before. "'Never, however, on a Sunday. "'But there came a day when we had Sunday work, "'and this was how it happened.' We had all come home on the Saturday night very tired, and very glad to think that the next day would be all rest. But so it was not to be. On Sunday morning, Jerry was cleaning me in the yard, when Polly stepped up to him, looking full of something. "'What is it?' said Jerry. "'Well, my dear,' she said, "'poor Dinah Brown has just had a letter brought to say that her mother is dangerously ill, and that she must go directly if she wishes to see her alive.' The place is more than ten miles away from here, out in the country, and she says if she takes the train, 
"'She should still have four miles to walk. "'And so weak as she is, "'and the baby only four weeks old. "'Of course, that would be impossible. "'And she wants to know if you would take her in your cab, "'and she promises to pay you faithfully, "'as she can get the money.' "'Tut, tut! "'She need not worry about that. "'It was not the money I was thinking about, "'but of losing our Sunday. "'The horses are tired, and I'm tired too. "'That's where it pinches.' "'It pinches all round, for that matter,' said Polly. "'For it's only half Sunday without you. "'But you know we should do to other people "'as we should like they should do for us, "'and I know very well what I should like "'if my mother was dying. "'And, Jerry, dear, I am sure it won't break the Sabbath, "'for if pulling a poor beast or donkey out of a pit would not spoil it, "'I'm quite sure taking poor Dinah would not do it.' "'Why, Polly, you're as good as a minister, and so?' "'as I've had my Sunday morning sermon early today, "'You can go and tell Dinah that I'll be ready for her "'as the clock strikes ten. "'But stop. "'Just step round to Butcher Braden's with my compliments "'and ask him if he would lend me his light trap. "'I know he never uses it on the Sunday, "'and it would make a wonderful difference to the horse.' "'Away she went and soon returned, "'saying that he could have the trap and welcome. "'All right,' said he. "'Now put me up a bit of bread and cheese, "'and I'll be back in the afternoon as soon as I can. "'And I'll have the meat pie ready for an early tea instead of for dinner,' said Polly. "'And away she went, while he made his preparations to the tune of "'Polly's the woman and no mistake, of which tune he was very fond. "'I was selected for the journey, and at ten o'clock we started, "'in a light, high-wheeled gig, which ran so easily that after the four-wheeled cab—' "'It seemed like nothing. "'It was a fine May day, "'and as soon as we were out of the town, "'the sweet air, the smell of the fresh grass, "'and the soft country roads "'were as pleasant as they used to be in the old times, "'and I soon began to feel quite fresh. "'Dinah's family lived in a small farmhouse "'up a green lane, "'close by a meadow with some fine shady trees. "'There were two cows feeding in it, "'A young man asked Jerry to bring his trap into the meadow, "'and he would tie me up in the cowshed. "'He wished he had a better stable to offer. "'If your cows would not be offended,' said Jerry, "'there is nothing my horse would like so well "'as to have an hour or two in your beautiful meadow. "'He's quiet, and it would be a rare treat for him.' "'That's fine,' said the young man. "'The best we have is at your service for your kindness to my sister. "'We shall be having some dinner in an hour.' "'and I hope you'll come in, "'though with mother so ill, "'we are all out of sorts in the house.' "'Jerry thanked him kindly, "'but said as he had some dinner with him "'there was nothing he should like so well "'as walking about in the meadow. "'When my harness was taken off, "'I did not know what I should do first, "'whether to eat the grass, "'or roll over on my back, "'or lie down and rest, "'or have a gallop across the meadow "'out of sheer spirits of being free. "'And I did all by turns.' "'Jerry seemed to be quite as happy as I was. "'He sat down by a bank under a shady tree "'and listened to the birds. "'Then he sang himself "'and read out of the little brown book he's so fond of, "'then wandered round the meadow "'and down by a little brook, "'where he picked the flowers and the hawthorn "'and tied them up with long sprays of ivy. "'Then he gave me a good feed of the oats "'which he had brought with him. "'But the time seemed all too short. "'I had not been in a field.' "'since I left poor Ginger at Earlshall. "'We came home gently, 
and Jerry's first words were, as we came into the yard, "'Well, Polly, I have not lost my Sunday after all, "'for the birds were singing hymns in every bush, "'and I joined in the service, "'and as for Jack, he was like a young colt.' "'When he handed Dolly the flowers, "'she jumped about for joy. "'Thanks for joining us here "'with three more chapters from Black Beauty by Anna Sewell. "'We always appreciate reviews, "'so if you're enjoying our story, "'and if you have a moment, "'please do send us a kind review.' for Black Beauty at 1001 Greatest Love Stories. Until next Sunday at noon Eastern Time, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.